This podcast is a 98 Studios production. Hey, it's Christy. Welcome back to Do The Work. Today and every day, we will talk about things that really matter. You, your thoughts, your feelings, and your experiences. Relationships are what matter most, and they can be complicated. If you'd like a better connection with yourself, with others, and with God, you are in the right place. So glad you're here. Welcome back to Do The Work. Thank you for listening and sharing the podcast when you like what you've heard. Your reviews and shares tell the platform that you listen on that this is a podcast that they should recommend to others. So share freely. It helps us to be able to continue to share great content that is applicable to our everyday lives and relationships. I'm really happy to be able to tell you that Brandon Patrick is here with me today. Welcome, Brandon. Hey, Christy. It's good so to be here. glad you're here. Brandon is the co-creator of Therapy Utah. He has treated almost every kind of addiction in every conceivable setting. He's also received specialized training, including training to become a certified sexual addiction therapist. In addition to his work at Therapy Utah, and there's a lot more I think we could have added in there, Brandon is also a writer, a blogger, a podcaster, and a content creator. He was known for years, and this is how I heard of you first. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I secretly wanted you to be the expert in <laughs> some of my life experiences. And I'm like, wouldn't that be fantastic to have an expert? If Brandon was right here. <laughs> exactly, yes. Um, he was known as the expert on the betrayed, the addicted, and the expert, a podcast he co-hosted with Ashlyn and Kobe Mitchell before starting his show, Therapy Bros, with his brother, Tyler. And he also has his own podcast called The Brandon Patrick Show. I think one of the coolest things that you do is that you run men's and women's retreats, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Tell us about them. What are they? Oh, they're the best. We love them. So, I mean, I'm a therapist. I do a lot of therapy. We sit in an office. We talk, you know, do sessions. But the, the retreats are about experience and helping people have a shift. And so we use a lot of nature. We use a lot of quiet time, yeah. um, connection with other people. And so every year we do a women's retreat. We do a men's retreat. We have about 40 people come and we just do a lot of deep healing work, trauma work together. So it's awesome. Uh, the women's retreat is coming up. So can I give a special plug for the women's retreat? Sure. Because I went, I was listening to one of your podcasts and that you, you mentioned, I don't remember how it was mentioned, but that you had this women's retreat and I had just filed for divorce and it was, um, and I thought it would be a really good thing for me to do. I'm a very social person. I'm, I don't really get, unco- I mean, sometimes I'm uncomfortable walking in somewhere, but once I'm there, I'm generally fine. And I thought this is going to be good for me. And it was so good for me. And was I was uncomfortable because yep. it's about addressing. Well, first of all, I didn't know anyone there. I walked right. in by myself. And the activities that we did, I just thought were brilliant. There were so, so many good activities, but the one that affected me the most, and this is an this is a plug for this. Don't think of it as a negative um, if you're listening to this, because when they said what the act, so the night we got there, I think they're like, okay, in the morning we're going, and this was down in St. George. Yeah. 
okay, in the morning, you know, come with your swimsuits and we're going to go. And I was like, oh, we're going swimming. That, that, that'll be great. I was like, it's going to be a little cold because then they're like, make sure you bring some warm clothes. Anyway, we show up at a river and everyone, I know what you're thinking. It's St. George, <laughs> but it was not warm. Well, it was March. Yeah. St. George. Yes. Outside. Yes. Yeah, it's not warm. No. <laughs> yeah. And so we sat on the edge of that river and, um, we did a breathing exercise, a Wim Hof mm-hmm. breathing, which actually Joe Morton on a, the podcast just before this one talks about that. Mm-hmm. And then you invited all of us to go into this uncomfortable space to go. And and honestly, I kind of have a personal like I'm not going to I won't make decisions out of fear, mm-hmm. but I had I had not labeled this as fear. I just had labeled not getting in cold water as logical. <laughs> right. right. And anyway, so I'm like, no, I'm doing it. And, and we walked into this river and you invited us to stay for up to 10 minutes. I think I can't mm-hmm. remember. It was, so I have a picture of it and it shows up often because I've put it in a, my favorites of us in the water. It was really, um, it affected me. It was one of mm-hmm. those things like I didn't want to do that. And I didn't think it was going to be a good idea. And Something that comes over, I think, people, but it came over me that day. I can do hard things. Like, yeah. I'm okay. And this was at the beginning of my divorce. And it was a very painful time for me. And it was like this reminder, like, I get to choose. I, if I, And I know when I walk into hard, there's another side of that. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. have to live in the river. Mm-hmm. I just had to go and have the experience. Yep. And yeah, I, I just as you're talking about this, Christy, I I love Wim Hof for so many different reasons. Mm. But the really cool thing about it is what actually happens when you do it. So as we're walking down to the water, um, the this like butterflies, it's like nervousness. It oh my gosh, I can't believe we're actually doing this. Yes. This is crazy. I'm not getting in that water. Yes. No, right. And then when you, when you actually have the courage to step in, you feel like you're going to die. Like it's awful. <laughs> it sucks. It does. It does. <laughs> and, and you want to get out. Like everything inside of you is saying, get me out of here. Why am I doing this? Why am I stepping into this? Um, and then as you stay in, regardless of that feeling, um, like after a little while, what happens? You're okay. It isn't painful anymore. Yeah. It's like, okay, like I don't want to be in here forever, but this isn't that bad. Like I can do this. And yes. And actually, as you say that most of us, and we were instructed, like go in all the way. And the people who went just little teeny tiny bits at a time, it was so much more painful for them. It's brutal. Yeah. Um, So you dive in, you sit in it, you stay there, you realize you're not going to die and it's okay. And then you get out and you feel alive. You feel, you have all these endorphins and adrenaline, you have energy and you feel good. It's true. And I mean, this is such an analogy to life Mm -hmm. um, and what we go through all the time. And so for you to bring up, I can do hard things, like the same process happens in so many ways in life. I so. agree. If I can do it physically, I can do this emotionally. Mm-hmm. I can do this spiritually. I can 
I have so much more power than I know. And I knew that that day when we got, honestly, there are just a few, well, there's, I don't know, there's probably more that I just haven't been um, confronted with, but getting in cold water just felt logically crazy. Crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So you like the Wim Hof because the mm-hmm. breathing, because tell us why we, bre- why we did the breathing exercise before. Well, so the breathing is just about one, just getting your blood flowing, yeah. getting your body moving, but you're, you're also practicing the breath work to control your, your nerves, your nervous system. Yeah. And so it, the breath work doesn't make the water any less cold. Yeah. It doesn't like solve for that. Yeah. But what it does do is prepare you physically to know that you can control what you do. So if you get in the cold water and you panic and you freak out, um, hypothermia and things are going to set in a lot faster. Mm-hmm. If you get in the water calm, knowing that you have control over yourself and c- control over your body, then you're going to do much better. And so it's just being mindful, mindful of what you're stepping into, mindful of what you're doing um, really helps the process. So it was really impactful to me. and. Um, my other, we hiked into a somewhere, I don't know, it was through a bunch of sand and Mm -hmm. hiked down into a river and you had us pick up a rock and throw event. And we, you talked about letting go (laughs) of letting go of painful experiences and you had us pick up a rock and throw it. Like I can let this go. And I don't, I've thrown that rock so many times mm-hmm. since that experience. Like, mm-hmm. just throw the rock, let it go. Mm-hmm. Not even knowing I was holding on to something, but recognizing like something is weighing me down. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was mm-hmm. really impactful for me too. Yeah. I think one of the one of the most painful things and things that we can step into is actually letting go of things. And it's it's but but also if we hang on, we suffer. And so it's, we're, we're in this dilemma of, I don't want to let go because it's painful. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, if I keep clinging to this thing, then I'm going to suffer. Mm-hmm. And so, so to let that go is scary. And then you realize just like the Wim Hof, I'm not going to die. Yeah. <laughs> and then you realize a weight is off your shoulders and life is better because you were able to surrender. Mm-hmm. So, and you can move, you can move at a pace and yeah, that you couldn't move before. Yeah. The truth is, after that throwing rock experience, we did go four wheeling in the van, so. <laughs> <laughs> which was not a planned activity. <laughs> Yet a very memorable one <laughs> that my wife still notices when chunks of my van are missing. <laughs> we got yeah. lost, right? Yeah. We were in places that vans shouldn't be. <laughs> you know what was crazy, Christy is. We we're lost in in these dirt roads that are, and this guy on this side by side comes up, and we're like, "Do we go that way?" And he's like, "It's definitely not that way. Like that is a side by." <laughs> and so then we were like, "Oh, well, it's probably that way." So we we I don't know what we were thinking. So we go right up the road he told us not to. <laughs> I am I'm not. Kidding. It was so funny. Yeah, that is so. It was. Honestly, it's so funny. So anyway, <laughs> you had to pay extra for the van four wheels. <laughs> yes. That, that's so not included in all the retreats. Okay, okay. So, no. Okay. Anyway, men and you have men and women retreats, not together. They're women's retreats or men's retreats. Yeah. And uh-huh. the men's retreats are similar to the women's. Similar. Yeah. A little different. We talk more about masculinity and things like that, mm-hmm. um, but similar at the same time. 
It's so. wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, I'm not done with your introduction. I, here's the last part. Brandon's greatest training has been in real life. He's been married to his wife for almost 20 years, and like any relationship, they work hard at it, learning how to create safety, hold space, and allow for their own individuality and work through conflict has given Brandon invaluable insights and support that support his work with clients of all kinds. To this day, Brandon believes that his wife, Jenny, has been his greatest teacher and that his most important role is as a father and husband. Yep. Amen. Good. Okay. I'm so glad you're here. And we're. I want to talk about change. And I know Therapy Utah is a lot about... Um, I don't know, addiction, right? Yeah. Trauma work. Trauma. Um, we we do a lot of addiction work, but we really focus on the the underneath and the yeah. trauma work. What's underneath uh-huh. the addiction, what's underneath the show up in our life, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So valuable. I'm, I'm just such a big believer that when we understand what's underneath, we can heal. Yeah, I mean, we we focus so much on the symptoms and not the root causes. And then in in a way, focusing on the symptoms and trying to treat the symptoms, we actually kind of create more of the problem Mm -hmm. in many ways. Mm -hmm. And so to learn how to to actually get to what's underneath the trauma, the thought patterns, and to be able to let some of those things go and reprocess those things, that's what actually creates the long-term Healing. Change and healing. Brianna Wiest from the book, The Mountain is You, said that most people do not actually change their lives until not changing becomes the less comfortable option. Uh This means that they do not actually embrace the difficulty of altering their habits until they simply do not have another choice. Yep. Yes. Okay. She continues to say, staying where where they are is not viable. They can no longer even pretend that it is desirable in any way. They are quite honestly less at rock bottom and more stuck between a rock that's impinging on them and an arduous climb out from beneath it. Yep. Yep. I always say the pathway out of hell is through misery. And a lot of times instead of facing the misery of change, we fall back into the hell and just stay stuck there. Um, And really what she's saying, I've heard when I've treated addiction for years, is that somebody truly gets motivated when the pain of of using finally outweighs the consequences of it. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes that pushes them to the brink of death mm-hmm. even. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it sucks that that is a big motivator that we have to get that uncomfortable to actually change. I yeah, I agree. <laughs> I think that one of the reasons we have to is because if we admit that we need to change, then somehow we're like admitting that we're less so, that, that we're, that we're broken. Yes. Yeah. 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 That, yeah we want to live in denial that mm-hmm. everything's okay. Yeah. Why yeah. do we? I th- I think we get comfortable in our dysfunction, in our mess, and and as much as it's a mess and it's dysfunctional, it's what we know. Mm-hmm. And so, why not just stay in what we know as opposed to actually go? Ch- change is difficult. Change creates chaos. It's Wim Hofing. It's stepping into pain. Um, and we are designed as human beings to figure out a life where we can avoid pain as much as possible. Our brain wants to protect us from pain. From right? pain. Right. So we'll take the short-term pain, uh, or, or no, we'll take the, the long-term suffering mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. over dealing with it and changing, um, which is such a like, for example, Christy, I I scheduled there's nothing really wrong with me. But I have health issues that just nag, mm-hmm. right? Like gut issues and mm-hmm. brain fog and mm-hmm. fatigue. So mm-hmm. like all these things going on with me. But it's like I'm really good at tolerating pain mm-hmm. and trudging forward and just like not really addressing those things because I don't want to actually face the reality that the way I'm living with health is is not okay. Mm-hmm. So I got a doctor's appointment tomorrow. She's running like every test on me. And I want those answers because I want to look at how unhealthy I actually am. Mm-hmm. So finally, I can be like, you can't live in denial yeah. anymore. Do you want to keep pretending? Yeah, yeah. things have to change. <laughs> yes. Or I guess you could live in denial still. But now, you, now you're like sincerely in denial because you know, you really know now. Right. And so. I love, I love your honesty. And. Yeah, you can keep living in denial and then you can keep being disconnected from yourself, Mm -hmm. from others, from God, because in denial, we are hiding. We're like not authentic. Yep. Yep. Denial is simply put, denial is not facing reality. Yeah. That's what denial is. And so, and and a lot of times when we have these consequences that come into our lives, whether it's, you know, relationship problems or health problems or that's feedback to us saying something needs to shift, something needs to change. And when we don't listen to that feedback and we keep doing the same things over and over again and wanting something different, Mm -hmm. that's insanity and and that's suffering. So if you take the pain and you take those feedback points and you listen, then you can actually create some shifts in your life. Mm. It's amazing what a human being can do to create something new in their life. We have, it's so true. We have so much ability, but in denial, we're terrified of the next step. Right. We're not getting, we're not going to create it. Because we have to go through, you said earlier, and I'm not going to remember your exact language, but the way out of hell is through misery. Like yeah. it, it is going to be uncomfortable. You're going to find out things, hopefully, from your tests that are going to say something has to change here. You know what I fear the most, which I'm, I'm sure it's going to say, stop eating sugar. I, well, I <laughs> promise I was going to say that first. <laughs> yeah, like that would probably solve like 90% of my issues. But and you might you might be thinking like, that's so easy. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It, like every holiday, every family event, every everything. So After th- every meal? <laughs> uh, oh, after every meal, like certain <laughs> times of the day. I have to eat. Yeah. <laughs> like it's uncomfortable to not eat sugar. And so do I really want that answer? Do I really want to work on that? I need that addiction in my life to numb my you know life out. Yeah. And so, so yeah, <laughs> that's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. And frankly, sugar is an addiction that we're okay with. It, you know, the, it, yeah. we can just be like, it's not that bad. That, you, know, you, know, you, know, you know what that was right there, Christy? That's denial. Right? <laughs> like, as we're all dying of diabetes and all these things, like, it's not that bad. Like, let's keep feeding each other all the sugar. Yeah. We, we uh, like, uh, yeah, as a whole, as society, we live in denial about that one. If I'd known you were calling me to repentance, I would not <laughs> invited you here today. <laughs> I'm kidding. kidding. Actually, as you were sharing your experience, I, um, I had the the day after Christmas, I had this most excruciating pain in my tooth and I was, and I have an implant here. It's about eight years old. And I was like, 
oh no, and they're expensive and they're mm-hmm. painful. And I was like, oh no, I think I'm losing that because I could I could not bite down on a marshmallow. I just had so much pain. Uh, ouch. And so I went to the dentist and they took the x-rays and they come back and said, you know, we can't see anything. Um, we don't see any infection. It looks like your implants, you know, sturdy and strong. Have you had any stress recently? <laughs> I was like, well. <laughs> and it's funny because I, I'm pretty high functioning in my mm-hmm, life. Mm-hmm. And there are, um, and I've never been told that I grind my teeth or that I hold my jaw tight. Mm-hmm. But apparently that's a new way that I'm holding <laughs> stress. And, yeah. and it was a different Christmas for me than I've ever had. And painful in a lot of different ways. And it showed up in my teeth. Right. Which I just think what you're saying, like, yeah. Well, and if you were to dig under that a little, Christy, like, I mean, I relate. I get eye twitches and and headaches in in the front of me. And my eye will be like twitching like crazy. And I'll be like, well, I better wake up and go to work and do the same thing that I've always done. And like, and I wonder why my eyes twitching so bad. Well, yeah. so what's underneath that grinding of your teeth is what you want to look at. Like, okay, like. My body, the body keeps the score. Um, My favorite book. Yeah. There, there's a couple good books. The body keeps the score. There's another one called Feelings Buried Alive Never Die. Okay. I've heard yeah. that. It's a little woo woo out there, but it's like spot on incredible. Okay. Um, and so what we could look up in that book, you know, tooth pain, and it would talk to you about what emotional and spiritual issues that are coming up for you as to why the tooth pain is now manifesting itself. And so if you look at that and you say, okay, like I need to let go of some things or I need to go be assertive and deal with some things, this tooth pain is actually blessing me because it's speaking to me. It's telling me that some change needs to happen. Now, if you don't, if you stay in denial or you just focus on the symptom, then you'll either go spend a bunch of money at the dentist and like try to put a Band-Aid on the symptom or you'll just keep getting worse tooth pain, right? And, or it will show up somewhere else. Yeah, somewhere too. else in your body, mm-hmm. other side of your mouth or whatever, Yeah, right? You know what? I've lived long enough to, to understand that finally. And the truth is that he shaved off the tooth that was getting the most um, grinding. Grind, mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, it was better. And mm-hmm. like within 24 hours, it's like it had never happened. So that would have been an easy like, oh, good, oh, it's fine. Oh, good, it's fixed. But I know, I, I knew. I knew that there were things. I mean, I started, I was going out of town the next day and I spent a lot of time where um, that next week, what do I want to get rid of? What is mm-hmm. not, what is weighing me down that's not helping me? And where am I not moving that is also weighing me down? Yep. So good for you. See, you got out of denial. You yeah. got out of denial and you actually listened and looked at it. Yeah. And it, what an opportunity yes. for change. And denial, I just want to say this before we move on, that denial, I don't think to myself, oh, I'm going to deny this. No. I make my brain as fast as it possibly can. Like f- I figure out a way to be okay in the choices that, you know, but not addressing something or mm-hmm. not, you know, letting things go that right. are in my life. Right. Uh, we we unconsciously do it, defend against the pain. Yeah. And so it takes some work to get out of denial. And this is why like therapy groups and uh, other good feedback and people can help because they can reflect to you 
some of that denial. And if you're, if you're humble and you're open, you'll listen. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're not, you'll push away and push against somebody who's reflecting reality in front of you. Even if they're doing it out of love, you'll isolate from that because you want to stay in that denial. So hopefully you do have a good support system that will be honest with you and you can actually listen to them. And that's what a good therapist does. I agree. I agree. Oh, oh, it's so good. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Here's my next question. So you've shared all these things just at the beginning about getting out of denial about real change. Can people really change? I have people say to me all the time, like, do people really change? Uh I'm a believer. I believe that people can really change. And big change is rare sometimes. Do you feel that? Or Uh tell me what your thoughts are. Yeah, I, I know people can change like no doubt because I've seen it every day. Um, and I see people make hard changes. I see people create new things in their life. I see people shift. Yes. People, I wouldn't do the work that I do if I didn't believe that people can change. And I don't just say that I I see it Mm -hmm. like I know it. Mm -hmm. So Yes, people can absolutely change. I think it's a a real fallacy that we hear that, you know, like to hear that people will never change. People can't, you know, I I think the problem is when people like date someone and they're like, well, I can change them. Things can get better. Um, Don't do that. Doesn't go well. (laughs) Yeah, doesn't go well. Uh Um, However, people can absolutely change. They have to have their own self-determination and their own willingness to step in. Um, to the process of change in order for it to happen. There's there's a few elements that have to be there. Um, but yes, it's absolutely possible. I believe it too. I I believe it with my whole soul because I see it in other people, but I see it in me. Mm-hmm. Like just small. I, I've never changed big overnight, but small daily changes yes. in my the way I think, the way I act. So much of change for me has looked like I'm sorry I responded that way. Can I try again? Uh, I want to do it A lot of change is, is working backwards where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, the old me showed up. Mm-hmm. I want to get conscious that I showed up that way and just clean that up and get accountable and own that yes. and forgive myself and be honest with you about that. Yeah. Yeah. And not not shame. I'm not in, I'm not in trouble because I know that that those are old patterns, old practices. Right. And yeah. 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 Okay. So you have worked a lot with addiction recovery mm-hmm. and I'm quite familiar with the 12 steps of recovery. I know there's a lot of ways to treat addiction. Mm-hmm. The 12 steps isn't the only way, but I'm, so we're not talking about addiction today. We're talking about change. Right. What, I mean, you just gave us one big one, get out of denial. Right. But what else, what other tools have you seen to be so beneficial? Well, so let's talk about the 12 steps for just a, a second, or at least the whole program. Yeah. Um, because it's been effective in helping with addiction for years. Mm-hmm. I think Bill W., who came up with it, was inspired. Mm-hmm. I think it came from God. Yeah. Um, but there's some principles within it that really help change happen. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not going to get into all of the 12 steps. Yeah. Um, but in general, what it pushes someone into is honesty with self. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the steps closely, mm-hmm. you start to get honest with where you're actually at and what's actually going on in your life. 
you, know, you get honest of, about your character defects. Um, you you practice that shame resiliency. You push through that to be honest anyways. Um, it's a fellowship. So you go to meetings, you meet people. And so I was talking about uh, feedback, support systems, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, the old kind of cliche thing that we hear that you're, you know, you are um, a combination of the five closest people to you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want change, then surround yourself around people that resonate in a different way. Mm-hmm. If you're surrounded around people that resonate in the same way that, that you do, then you're going to keep acting that way. Mm-hmm. You're going to keep doing those things. So it's uncomfortable to change relationships, to go create new relationships, um, but create a support system that actually like levels you up some, pushes you to a higher level, that holds you accountable, that that wants the best for you, that helps you be honest with yourself. Um, when you're around those type of people, change happens. Now, the other thing is what we talked about earlier. Um, I believe that somebody can come in and talk about their problems all day long. Mm -hmm. Like, I have this issue. I want to change it. Um, Brandon, I'm addicted. Help me stop being addicted. And then for an hour, we'll talk about how they're addicted and why they should stop being addicted. And then they go out that week and what do they do? They relapse all week. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then they come in again, like, I'm addicted. How can I? They need an emotional, spiritual experience that shifts them um, in order for real change to happen. So you can't just in in your mind, in your ego, talk your way out of uh, your situation. You need a soul shift. You, You need to experience something different. And so to be willing to step into a new experience, to have a new experience is really important. So... I just said a couple of things. Honesty with self. So get out of the denial. Um, A really good support system. um, And then uh, an experience. I just thought of another one. Education is really important and guidance is important. So Mm -hmm. if I don't know another way or I don't have a vision or a possibility of another way, it's really hard to know what direction I go to get there. Um, So to have someone or a system that guides you step by step, small little step at a time is really helpful with all those other things that I said. Because you're literally learning a new language. You're learning a new way of living and thinking yes. in your life. No one would think I'm going to go to China and I'm going to know how to speak Chinese right? without an instructor, without support, with right. all the things. I, I, I got to take different plugins. I've got like, you're changing a lot of things to go and be in a different environment. Right. There's a big difference between a desire for change, like, oh, that would sure would be nice. I want that. And, and and a lot of times that's where a lot of us are. We're like, I don't like that in my life. I'd love to change it. And actual work to change. Like your the name of your podcast, do the work. Like yeah. step in to actually do that work because that's when change actually happens. Yes. And it's so easy to, again, if we go back to that, it's the best way out of hell is through misery. Mm-hmm. To believe that the misery, the pain, the change then is, in fact, we've used that in our life. If something doesn't feel good, we're out. Right. right. We, 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 I'm not doing this. This is hard or whatever. But to be okay with that, even when you say build a community, mm-hmm. you know, our brains are wired for connection. We need people in our life. That could be like, 
I'd rather pull, you pull my toenails off, you know, for some people <laughs> yeah. than to have to build a community. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. It's just uncomfortable. Well, it's a lot of the discomfort. Is, some of it's physical, um, like not eating sugar. That's physical. But but uh, actually not eating sugar is much more than physical. Yeah. But a lot of the discomfort is about vulnerability. It's about um, it, it, crisis, like with spirituality. Um, so you're looking at your relationship with God in order for change to happen. Um, you know, it, if I want new things to happen in a relationship and I keep acting, um, a little bit deceitful, I lie, I manipulate. And then all of a sudden I want change and I start practicing honesty. Talk about pulling toenails out. (laughs) Like that can be excruciating, but you're going to have to step into some of those things to actually get different results. Yeah. Well, because in the line, we've convinced ourselves that this will hurt them or I, you know, this is going to disrupt All kinds of denial. Every yes. justifications to not do it, yes. minimizing the consequences of lying. Like there's all these different reasons to lie. Yeah. So keep lying and you'll keep getting the same thing out of the relationship. But if you want change, then you're going to have to do opposite action to what you're actually doing. Yes. That's so good. Okay. So honesty. Do you see when, like, because I think most people think mostly honest, (laughs) right? Do you feel like it's hard for people to get to that really honest place where they can recognize how they are affecting themselves? This is like a whole other, like three part series episode because honesty, a lot of us are, are dishonest and we don't even know it. Yes. And so we don't understand honesty. We think honesty is just if someone asks me a question, whether I tell them the truth or not. But dishonesty, when you talk about denial, it runs like it, it, within ourselves and it's it's so manipulative. So like, let me give you some examples. Um, If I minimize something mm-hmm. like minimizing something isn't explicitly lying to someone. So let's say I steal a small thing at the store and I'm like, well, it was just a little thing. It's not a big deal. It's, you know, and, and I, I take the thing and I get away with it and no one ever knows and no one's ever hurt. Right. That is a big deal. I stole something from a store that took a piece of my integrity when I stole that thing. Now I could within myself get away with it. No one got hurt. It's just a small thing. Getting honest with myself is about me, about my truths, about my integrity and living that way. Um, and so you get rid of justifications, minimizations. You don't use comparing. And I could go on and on. All these different forms of denial that all happen within us in so many ways. Omitting things. That's another way that we're dishonest. But it seems like that just flies by us because I didn't actually lie. But you didn't tell the truth. And you didn't ask me specifically that. Right. You didn't ask me. So I wasn't dishonest. Oh, within your soul and within your integrity, you were dishonest. And for you to own that can be so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But if you keep these patterns of denial and dishonesty, you're going to keep creating what you're creating in your life. And and that's where you got to stop and say, okay, who, who am I actually hurting with this denial? I can justify how I'm protecting others and I'm doing this, and but am I actually getting what I want out of my life? Maybe I need to get honest with myself. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love, I love looking deeper into that. And I feel 
so I just, my son had some basketball games in Southern California last week. And so I went down, my sister lives in a place called Temecula and right behind her house is a um, wine country. And there's just these beautiful estates. And then some of them have, you know, orchards or, you know, all kinds of beauty. It's just mm -hmm. incredible. Anyway, I was on a run. I ran back in there several days and there was this one house I particularly really like. They had all these orange trees. I wanted to pick an orange so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and one of their trees was outside it's of It's just their... one orange, Christy. <laughs> <laughs> just wait till you hear how low my integrity gets. Anyway, so the um, they had this one orange. And it was just overflowing. There weren't like, there were like rotten ones on the ground, but there weren't like good ones on the ground. Um. And I ran past, and honestly, I would have gotten knocked on their door if their gates weren't keeping me right. <laughs> so I, but I did, I just ran by every time I'm like, oh my gosh. And then there's grapefruit trees. And to me to pull food off of a tree, mm -hmm. my, my friend described, she says, no, it's better than like dollar bills. Like it is just to pull right, real right fruit. Right there. Yes. Like, oh yeah. Anyway, so I, one day I went farther than I'd ever gone and I came upon this, this tree that had, I don't know, it looked like it was a berry of some sort. And there were so many of them and they were much smaller than an orange. And there were lots of even good ones on the ground. And I, I am not kidding. I, I had passed that orange tree. Like, no, I'm not picking an orange off of someone else's tree. I pulled one of those berries right off of there because there were so <laughs> many and there were a lot on the ground. And I, I took a bite. First of all, it was terrible. It probably, I was like, it's, it's probably You're not poisoning yourself. <laughs> but I thought, wow, like my integrity had a, had a size, like, Orange is too big. Yeah. But the berry, I'm all over it. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I didn't take huh. a handful. I just took one. And I did. I stopped and thought, what was going on? Like, why did I feel okay with that? Yeah. But to me, as you're describing the levels of the way we can deceive ourselves or, you know, justify. As you're as you're telling that story, Christy, I'm, I mean, yeah, we're talking about the levels of honesty. I'm like, man, Christy's making me feel bad because I totally would have grabbed an orange. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Well, yeah. we good all for get you. To Look at that level stuff. of integrity, though. No, it's not <laughs> actually. Yeah, you did eat the berry. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, I don't believe in taking other people's things. Absolutely, you know, and yes. so. Whether it's but look at the justifications. There's oranges on the ground. Yeah, that you know uh, they're in the house. I would go ask if I could. Totally. They they probably won't care anyways if I take totally. one. But the truth is, is you didn't have permission to take one, mm -mm. and that would be taking something from someone that's not yours that's to take. Theirs. Yeah. So that does compromise your integrity. It, yeah. Exactly. And yeah. I I actually felt it as soon that's as being I really grabbed honest that with yourself. Anyway, I think that kind of honesty is actually required. It, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if you left out a tiny piece. Yes. You, you told most of the story or you didn't take, do the a big bad thing. But if we just even leave out little pieces, we do hurt our relationships, but we hurt us the most. Absolutely. And it, it creates things in our life. So if, if, if you give yourself permission to compromise your integrity, then then you'll compromise it in other ways and you'll create certain things in your life. So certain types of relationships where you're willing to lie or deceit or whatever. And nobody's going to be perfect. No. Like I, like I said, like I would have grabbed, grabbed an yeah. orange and that would have compromised my integrity um, when, when we really talk through this and how yeah. accountable you're being like, yeah, that's not cool. <laughs> no one's going to be perfect. So catch yourself when you are in that denial and be as honest as you can be and then own it and then fix it. Yeah. Yeah. And 
Make a different choice next time. Yeah. Change. Exactly. Thank you. Yes. Change. Okay. Um, so I have a question. Step four in the 12 steps of recovery is about a, a, a fearless moral written inventory of uh-huh. all of your resentments and the, yeah, basically of your resentments, right? It's everything. So it's just a fearless moral inventory. So you just like get it all out. And resentments is a part of that. Okay. So, so in change, if we want to really change, if I want to stop gossiping or if i want to drink more water or mm-hmm. if i want to um increase my religious practices i want to pray more sincerely or okay what would what would a fearless moral inventory would that be helpful for me i think you need to examine the motivation for wanting those things so this is about knowing thyself right mm-hmm. who am i if i want to drink more water or increase what I do with my religion or whatever it is, what is the impetus to push me toward those things? Because if it's, it's, uh, you know, I want to look better. I want to like, like, who are you actually, who are, who are you actually, and are you acting in that truth of who you are? Or are you doing those things because someone else is telling you that you should, um, is it going to create more shame in your life? Is it going to create more power and peace in your life? I think you really need to get clear with that first and foremost. Maybe not necessarily a step four or a fearless moral written inventory, but just clarity about what do I value? What's important? What's underneath? Uh, Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. What do I value? I I think what I'm saying is since the... (laughs) I keep coming back. I'll use my sugar example. Like I, since, since the, you're not going to be able to eat it after tomorrow. Yeah, actually. <laughs> it, and so, you know what I've been doing with that since the new year, I've gone the opposite. Usually I don't eat sugar for like a month and I've actually, because I'm going to the doctor tomorrow, it's like, Hey, yeah, donut so I'm like chugging the Dr. Pepper, you know? <laughs> and so I, I, to be honest with myself would be, I want to drink that Dr. Pepper right now. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I want to do. I know it's going to make me feel bad, Mm -hmm. um, but that's what I'm choosing and that's what I want to do. Okay. So what do I value? Today, I value an ability to feel good drinking that Dr. Pepper. I'm honest with myself. That's what I'm doing. Okay. At least you're honest with yourself, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Now, um, what you want to look at is, okay, do I, what consequences do I want long-term in my life? So if I want a different consequence than what the Dr. Pepper will give me, then I'm at odds now with myself a little bit. And I got to really ask myself, okay, who am I? Am I the guy that loves to drink it every day and just do that every day? Cause I'm honest with myself that I know it's bad for me. I know I'm cho- choosing to drink it and that's what I'm doing. Right. So I, do I sound honest? You Christine? sound very okay. honest. That's, yep. that's true. <laughs> But now there's a conflict of, because I know I want something different in my life. So now I got to look at what I value long-term and I got to ask myself, can I stay in my, maintain my integrity and still treat my body that way? And I got to be really honest with myself. Like, do, maybe I do want the Dr. Pepper instead. Maybe that's what I want. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to love it. I'm going to step into that because I'm honestly choosing that that's what I want. Mm -hmm. There's this stage of change called contemplation that we, a lot of us sit in, like a lot of us are in. And it's, 
I know I want something different. I just don't want to do the work to actually create the difference. And so, so like, am I being honest with myself? The, the next stage is, is preparation and then action. And so contemplation is, I wish that I would change. Yeah. I want to change. Pre-contemplation is, is like, I'm totally unconscious uh, that I have a, pro- it would be like me being like, what do you mean Dr. Pepper's bad for me? Yeah. Huh? Who said? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And so I'm kind of going off on this. I, I, I forgot how I got here, but the, the point being start with honesty with yourself. Change doesn't happen through self-rejection. Mm-hmm. Change happens. So, so if I'm shooting on myself and saying you should value your religion more, so you should pray more. Well, okay. So now I'm going to use shame and self-rejection saying that what you're doing is not okay. Mm-hmm. And so you should do something different. Long term, I'm not going to be motivated to actually shift. Mm-hmm. But if I stop and I accept myself where I'm at, look, I accept, I, I have compassion for where I'm at. I do what I do with my religion. That's where I'm at. Okay. I, it's okay. That's, that's who I am and that's where I'm at. Now, what consequences do I want different in my life? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to should myself to motivate myself. I'm going to actually use purpose and passion and to go strive for the things that I want to create mm-hmm. versus telling me myself that I should drink more water, that I shouldn't dr- eat that much sugar, right? Do, do you see what I'm saying? Yes. The difference? Oh, I love it so much to recognize that every choice has an outcome, every single choice. Everything. And and, and instead of beating ourselves up with compassion, we say, is this what I want? It's who I am. Is this what, yeah. This is who I am. And is this what I want? Right. And and if not, if those two aren't the same thing, I just love that. It's yeah. so, so well. Uh, I love the visual of it. That helps me to see more clearly. Mm. Okay. Three-part series is exactly what we <laughs> needed. Dang it. Um, how do people who are really uncomfortable in their life, how would you say where, where, how do they figure out what needs to change? Because some people are so far in denial. Right. They actually are just, they just think either like, I don't know, it doesn't matter. Right. What would you suggest to them? Well, I just think one of the hardest things to break in order to actually change is hopelessness. Mm -hmm. And so if you're so stuck in the denial or the addiction or the, the tough relationship and you feel hopeless, then there, there's just darkness. There's no way out. Um, so where do I go and what's the point? And, the, you know, this is easy for me to say. It's different than, than when somebody feels this, but hopelessness is always a lie. Always. Yeah. Things like the, the one thing that, that is consistent in life is change. Things always change. Hmm. And so things move forward. Which means if you're in the darkest pit of wherever, you have an opportunity to change. Like I could be sitting in solitary confinement in prison and I could do some really cool work on myself, change the way I feel, change the way I resonate and shift the way that I, I show up in the world um, all by myself there. Like that's possible. And Victor Frankl proved proved that. Like he he proved that no matter what, I have power within me mm-hmm. to choose who I am and 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 what I become. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy for me to say like, don't be hopeless because that's a lie. When you're in that stage, then you got to just do the next step. Mm-hmm. Um, get out of your bed. 
Mm-hmm. Go for a little walk today. Accomplish one thing, mm-hmm. like only one thing. Mm-hmm. And just start there and you'll start to realize, whoa, this pit isn't that deep. Yeah. And I can actually get out of this. Yes. Oh, it's so beautiful. And when I apply honesty and building a community, like telling someone that I'm planning to get out of it, will you help right. me? All of it, getting educated and having someone to guide you, all of those things. To me, hopelessness is one of the most dangerous, I think, addictions that we can have is yeah. just that feeling of and kind of living inside of that spaces of I can't get out of this. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I don't like that at all. You mentioned Victor, Victor Frankel, excuse me, Victor Frankel proving that that's true. But I'm guessing, you know, I know so many people mm-hmm. who have chosen to see their life and their world and their relationships and, and have chosen different than what they were handed Yes, over and over again. Yep. And it was not because they had some kind of magic. It's because they chose to change Yep, one choice at a time. Yep. And th- this isn't invalidating anyone's pain, but I've seen people, two people experience almost the exact same thing. And one of them takes that experience that was horrific and thrives as a result of that experience. And one of them takes that experience that was horrific and, and stays stuck in that hopelessness because of that experience. Yeah. Right. And it's, yeah. Yes. Thank you, Brandon. I feel really, really grateful for this conversation. I, I think one of the greatest gifts that we're given is this ability to change because we live in a world that is full of what feels like cement where we're like, oh, this is just my reality. But yep. in truth, we get to create it. Yep. My re- Really quick story. Please. My wife last year, um, she had never run for a minute straight. Like, <laughs> and when I bring up like running, like, hey, you want to go running with me? She, it was, she had this energy of like, I like, how dare you even bring that up? I hate that. Like, I hate running so bad. And she hated it. She ran a marathon last year. Oh, stop. Just because she chose to do it. She just decided like, this is, this seems impossible to me and I want to prove that it's not. And so, and she started by running her first time that she ran, she ran for 30 seconds. Love it. (laughs) And she ran a marathon. I love it. I love it. Yes. Can change happen? Yes. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you, Brandon. Welcome. So grateful to have you here. We'll have many choices in our day and in our week. I hope you'll choose to do the work. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, share a written experience or ask me a question, go to coachchristy.life and fill out the podcast questionnaire and we'll be in touch with you soon. There are no dumb questions or experiences, just opportunities to learn and do the work. Have a great week.